listeners and welcome to the next episode of Before the Crowd. My name is Guy Monk and I'm sat here in a stairwell in... Are we the town hall? The town hall. I don't understand where we are, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the stairwell at the town hall in Sydney, Australia. So I'm sat here with Anna Free, who is the female singer of the girl punk band Good Pash. Where, did it, where, where does the name come from? Um, we, I was talking to my friend. I'm actually the co-lead singer. Okay. Um, I won't take the title singer of Good Pash. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my fellow lead singer of Good Pash, and we hadn't decided on the name. And I said, what about French Kiss? And she said, no, what about Good Pash? So it just kind of stuck, even though I made several attempts to change it, but everyone kind of loved it by that point. They'd already <laughs> it kind of stuck. It. That's, it's kind of funny, but yeah, I, I feel like that's such an Aussie thing to say, like, you know, French Kiss is um, quite common, um, you know, quite a con- common name, but then, like, Good Pash, like, everything seems short, and in Australia, <laughs> <laughs> like, the South and the South, like, Avocado, Avo, I don't yeah, know, that's yeah, just, yeah. like, a, that's a... We're fun. known for that. Yeah, it's kind of funny, though, like, when I first got here, I, I did find it kind of difficult to understand what some people were saying, and I was like, uh-huh, cool, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that word really? means. Yeah, it was really weird to have, like... What is this? Too intuitive as we think it is. I guess not. Well, maybe once you're in it, and like, I, I guess I get it a little more now. You're the the co-lead singer and guitar player mm-hmm. of a girl. Would you could you would you call yourselves a punk band? I wouldn't. I'd just say we're like a rock and roll band. Okay, yeah, that's pretty we, cool. We have a, a lot of influences. I think we cover a few genres. Mm-hmm. We dip our toe into a few genres, but yeah. What What would you say your your main influences? Like actual bands? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, whatever, whatever, whatever influences um, you to make your music. Uh, I'd say uh, I'm very influenced by a band called The Hold Steady. Okay. Uh, whenever I say that, people don't know. Who no, they I don't are. think I know who they are. They have a pretty big cult following. They're really, they're the. I think the reason they're a big inspiration to me is because they write um, in ways that I kind of write. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of my only what I would call like an inspiration. Everything else is like I don't know. I'm not. I don't like. I'm not the kind of musician who listens to things and gets like inspired to try certain things that I hear or stuff like that. Okay. I just kind of like hang around, just live my life, and then suddenly I'm like, oh, I need to write a song now, and then I write <laughs> it, and then it is what it is. Like you need to get some out of you. Like you have a sort of like a creativity or like a melody yeah. in your mind that you need to need to get out. Yeah, like or a, like a feeling. Okay. Yeah, it just, it happens pretty, like, um, methodically. It'll happen, like, like, once a month or something. Oh, okay. Pretty, like, you know, regular. So you're, so you're not a songwriter who, you, you don't force yourself to sit down in a room and you're like, right, I have to write a song oh, now. Oh, never. For, I've like, never done that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny when you... You speak to different people in their, 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 their writing process because some people are always, oh yeah, I, I write like two or three songs a day, but well, most yeah. of the time they're <laughs> awful, and then they just get one good one in a month or two months. Mm. I don't know, but it's do you, do you tend to do because you were saying so you write in a similar way to this band, or it's just like the, the writing process is the no, same? no, it, the music is kind of I don't really know how to describe it. It kind of makes sense to me. The music makes sense to me in a way that I could see it coming. From myself. Okay. So I guess it's just like the progressions they use mm-hmm. and the lyrics, especially the lyrics, they're very inspiring to me because they're very, I don't know, everything you said, I just go like, ah, yeah, that's just like fucking it. good. Yeah. Like, I wish I wrote that. It's just relatable to you. Yeah, it really like, um, yeah, I guess that's the way I would say it. No, it's funny, like, I, I was talking to someone about this the other day and it's, saying what makes not necessarily even a, a hit song but a song that people can attach themselves to and when I think you write about 
relatable real life incidences. Incidents. It's. I don't know. People just gravitate towards that music and that song, and it is like they kind of understand what you're going through. Like, like I, mm. I used to. I still do get that with a lot of Jack White stuff. And when you know, um, have you heard his album Blunderbuss? No. Okay, so you know, uh, you know White Stripes, obviously. Yeah. So the guy Jack White, he I think it's like 2012, I want to say, maybe 2013. He released a solo album and just at first I really didn't get it, and and I liked the 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 second track on it, which was like 16 Saltines, like a real just a straight up rock song. And I was like, yeah, this sounds really cool. The rest of the album I didn't really get, but then after I really had to force myself to listen to it, and then suddenly I was like, oh, okay. I'm starting to get it now, and then a couple of months later, it was my favorite album. I could like interpret every song to fit myself, and like, do you mean the lyrics? Yeah, you didn't get it. Okay. I I guess like he he speaks in a lot of metaphors and a lot of riddles, mm. and so on a first listen, you're like, whoa, what is he talking about? And then you you know you go back, you and this is why I miss having like physical albums and just having all the lyrics inside. Oh, in that little booklet. Yeah, and like you know just circle the stuff that you like and. I don't know. Like He's a great lyricist. Like, the White Stripes are actually a big inspiration to me, too. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, the lyrics are just so cheeky. Yeah, and so um, uh-huh. masked. And, yeah, I think... That, and that's part of, like, the whole cellular is like that. They're so cheeky. They're full of references to other things. They're full of metaphors. Yeah. Yes. And the references so cool. are so cool. Because like, when you feel like you get the reference, but maybe some other people don't, and you're like, yeah, I get this song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like a real part of it. Is that something you try to include in your own music? Uh, I don't know. Lately I've been writing real just feeling songs, which is something I never used to do. Okay. Like breakup songs and like sad songs. But I used to really never write about personal experience at all. I used to all be like, um, like little stories and things that That's never cool. happened to me. No, it's funny. The, um, oh, my mate is going to not forgive me for remembering this, but the guy who was the, um, the singer of Pin, uh, Sid Barrett, mm. um, I was like, if he's listening to this, he's just going to be screaming at it right now. Sid, <laughs> Sid Barrett, he used to do the same, like, write all the little, um, like, the nursery rhymes and almost, like, kids' like songs. Like the Norm song? Yeah. I it's... want to tell you a story <laughs> <laughs> about a little man, if I can. Yeah, it's creepy. It's very, yeah, it's, it's just, because he was, was it, like, Alistair or whatever it was he was yeah. on and you're like wow this is it's crazy and like maybe maybe if you were on something and you were listening to it you get it a bit more but like if you're stone cold sober like on the tube mm. or the subway or something like going to work and you're like this is like what's going on like yeah it's really funny to me when I read like I hear about people really loving to get stoned or like get high and um riot mm-hmm. I think that would be a cool thing to try I've never really like I don't like smoking weed, so... Yeah, yeah. I never have tried that. No. Maybe I'll try and take some acid and write some music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's, a lot of people do that with their songwriting process, and it's, like, I've never really been... Uh, I've never been a drug person. It just didn't really appeal to me, and I was always... I think I was kind of scared into it, because, like, playing drums and stuff, we were always told, oh, like, if you, if you smoke weed or whatever, it's going to affect your coordination. Yeah, well, you're, you're the kind of one guy in the band, like... Needs can't. to be completely on top of everything, like. Yeah, I mean, some. You can't be, be sloppy at all. Exactly. I mean, like I said, it, it amazes me some musicians. I don't know if you guys can do it in the band of different members, of you, but 
some musicians I've found, maybe just a tolerance thing, they can just drink an obscene amount and they still sound great on stage. Mm. I'm not that person. So how much can you drink before you play? I never drink before I play now. You can't drink anything? I mean, maybe, maybe like a pint, like two or three hours before the gig. Oh, on a rare so gig. that's basically your sober again by the time Yeah, you play. exactly. So like if, if like you're playing with a band and you, you go and have dinner beforehand or something, I mean like, you know, you have, say you're having a big hearty meal and then maybe have a drink of beer or something. And then, then you go and sound check and then you, so yeah, like I'm pretty much stone cold sober you by that sober. point. I just can't do it. Like I'm, I remember doing, um, it, it wasn't really a gig, it was more kind of like a friend's 21st birthday, so it wasn't, uh, do you know what I mean? It, it was just like a closed house party. Mm, mm. And we That's like, the time to drink a lot. Yeah, right? Before a gig. And um, I just remember just like sitting down on the drum stool and thinking, oh, I'm going to fall off this in a sec. Really? And, and How just, much did you have? It probably wasn't that much. <laughs> like, I'm super lightweight. One mid-strength beer. Yeah, it was just, just a smell of whiskey, and I was like, God. <laughs> But no, and I just remember just like a, a buddy filmed it and just looking back at that footage and thinking, you know, like everyone was into it. It was a great party and a great gig, but God, we sounded bad. Like, and you know, yeah, you, you know yeah, yourself yeah, as a musician yeah, yeah. and sloppy. Um, and obviously like, it, like obviously we're talking about you writing lyrics at the moment and being a co-singer, but you're also, uh, well, one of, the, uh, one of the guitar players as well, right? Uh -huh. How do you find balancing that in the band between you know, two singers and two vocalists, uh, so, and two guitar players. Um, how's the balance between mm, us? Yeah, like if you if you take a song each, or if one of you writes it, you play each other's um, songs. How does it work? So our rule is, if you write it, you sing it. Obviously, we're not gonna, you know, do it any other way. Okay, you don't. We don't usually really write together. Okay. Oh, it's like a Lennon and McCartney situation going on. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Who yeah, brings yeah. the songs to it's, the table? It's, it is absolutely that. And then you know, sometimes one of us will write the song and say like oh I don't know what to write lyrically here like you just take this verse and then okay. or like I don't know what to do for the chorus you write something for the chorus blah 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 okay and then um, we'll write our own like parts usually for each other's songs but other than that like I like to do everything like like I personally like to I'm very like I'm not like super collaborative mm, okay you just like having that space to me. yeah no that's fair and I, I, I like I... to take it away and like work on it by myself and then I'll, I'm like I take suggestions like I don't do everything myself mm. but like that's kind of no, how but that, I like to function that initial songwriting process and, and you were saying like if, if your the style of songwriting has changed and you you're writing more personal stories about like mm. breakups and, uh, and stuff that I didn't say pe people don't know what you've gone through but obviously it's it's your experience right yeah so. and I feel like it's like um, yeah you feel a bit you're like, don't change it. This is my yeah. song. I don't want you to change it. You don't know what this means. I don't even means. want you to hear it, man. Okay. Do you have like songs that you don't you don't share with a band? Uh, no. I think there was this when I wrote my first like real sad song for Good Pash. I didn't want to play it for ages, and we played it like a couple times, and then I was like, oh, I feel a bit weird about this. I want to take it out of you the set like list, it. and then now we play it. We play it pretty regularly, but it's still always like this moment where I feel very like. Uh, vulnerable on stage. Right. Okay. That's good. Kind of, it's it's funny, like, because watching you play, you I think the whole band comes across as pretty confident, and it is like the way you guys build, uh, which I want to come back to next. Like, I found your bio on on <laughs> Triple J, um, which for people who aren't Australian who are listening, that's the uh, like the national Australian radio station. You have like yeah. hottest one hundred parties, and it is, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's. It's, it's like the biggest station. It's pretty the much biggest station. Yeah, it's the biggest but station. Like, especially for upcoming 
musicians. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you, you're, you're actually, so I wrote some of it down because I was like, this is pretty cool. And I don't know if you wrote it or not, but. I don't even know what you're about to read. It's so. kind of, it was kind of cool. I hope this is you. Maybe this is, maybe this is girl pash that I found. Girl pash. Um, you know what it was actually, because when um, a, a couple of us were talking, we were like, oh, there's this girl punk band playing at the hub on Sunday. And three different people got your name wrong. Oh. And so people, some, uh, the first one was Girl Power. Oh, someone, Jesus, some thought it was girl Because I nearly didn't come to the gig. Because I thought it, I, I literally had to do um, like a Google image thing of you guys. And, and like I could see you were playing instruments and stuff. And I read a bit of a description. I was like, okay, that seems cool. Because I didn't know if it was just going to be, there's nothing wrong with it, but you know, just like four girls to a backing track. Um, oh, right. Which is, if that's what you're into, cool, but I just, I wasn't looking for that kind of gig. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got, like, it was Girl Power, someone was, like, Good Hash, which I thought was, like, a, like, like a good, like, like a drug reference or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so what I found was, um, I think this was on the Triple J site, it was Sydney's loudest, messiest women formed by the government to protect the city from the threat of masked Supervillains. I did write that. that you was wrote that. First. That's a very old fire. Okay. You must have found that somewhere. I literally just gave it to you guys. It must have been Triple J. It must have been something. That was the first ever bio we had, and wow. it was a stupid joke. And yeah, I wrote that. Okay, so this is like going back to the references you were saying about in, in your lyrics. And can you can you explain the joke? Okay, so the reference is actually not cool. It's too awesome. Um, I was at uni at the time, and I had to do some assignment in a film class about like superhero movies and what was that movie it's just like the worst superhero movie and Margot Robbie was in it Suicide Squad oh yeah yeah when everyone hated the joke because he was a yeah yeah and he like never got any screen time is that like 2016 yeah. maybe a little earlier 2015 maybe yeah and um it's about I don't even know if I'm coming from the right place but I think it's about the government gets all these villains super villains together and uses them and like controls their movements to like battle crime. Okay, cool. And that's just that's the reference. No, that, that's fair. I mean, it, it's 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 kind of uh, it's different at least. I think I was in the middle of writing that essay when one of somebody said in the group chat like we need a bio like Anna can you just quickly write one. Uh huh. Um, and that was your. And I like went from the essay to the bio. Oh, okay, cool. Suicide Squad reference. Yeah, because I, I just, I saw it and I was like, that's, it, I mean, it stood in my mind. I was like, I gotta write that down. I gotta note that. Because I, I feel like, and you've probably seen the same, so many bands are like, were, and it's just like this completely generic bio that doesn't yeah. stand out to anyone. Well, uh, yeah, that another part of why I wrote something like stupid like that was because I hate the like, Good Patch has been around since 2012, enlivening their audiences with their, you know, fun, raucous live performances. Like, <laughs> Um, Come on, notable right. performances include like all that shit. Um, no, I didn't absolutely. want to write it. I didn't want to be earnest. <laughs> no, but that, that's the thing because it is, it, you know, it's a bio, and I think you want you want to draw people to your gigs. You don't just want to give your CV. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it, you don't stand out from anything doing that. Yeah, and I think a lot of like small bands, just a lot of bands in general, take themselves like ultra serious, mm. and they think they have to make all the right moves and like write the perfect bio and all this stuff when it just doesn't matter like nobody cares about you when <laughs> right. somebody cares about you and wants you to do certain things like your label wants you to do certain things like that's when you do it but like it doesn't matter at all before then no I think that's very true and it is just um, it's almost kind of like what you guys are doing it's, it's, it's a bit of a parody of it and it's making a mockery of hey like you know this isn't super serious 
mm. don't want to do that. That's not what we're about. Yeah. And you know, I think that kind of comes it comes across when you see you guys play because if it was very serious and very regimented, I you know wouldn't reflect in your life performance. I don't think. Yeah, it is not. <laughs> and what's going on there? It's a lot of banging. I just fell down the stairs for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's not super serious. Like, we're serious. We love yeah. what we do, and we, we have a little mission in mind, and, but, yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we have, we're having fun, like, ultimately. What is your, what is your, your mission? What is your goal to get to? Um, well, we just signed with a label called Viscera Arts. Mm, cool. And they have us on, like, a nice timeline. Um, we have an EP coming out later in the year, so we're slowly releasing songs from that. And okay. it's our first release. We've been together for two years. We've been gigging for two years, and it's our first release. Cool. So it's been really late. We're late to the game in no, terms I'm... of releasing shit, but it doesn't matter. Like, that doesn't matter, too. Exactly. <laughs> it's another that... thing that just doesn't matter. But it's good. Tell us more about your the record label and, and how you guys got signed and a bit of that story. Uh, he's really cool. His name's Tristan. He worked at Sony. Um, now he's just, he's like a really passionate guy, and he really, really loves live music, and believes in helping out the small guy and he really knows his shit so um he was i think his friends with the guy who um recorded and produced our ep his mm-hmm. name is um i'm like my blanking on his name i hope we know what he is <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna make sure he does now <laughs> that's great his name he works his his studio is called free energy device in Camperdown. his name is richie richie, richie. sorry richie okay um, so they're friends and he was like I really kind of feel like you like this band and he did so oh nice okay so did you you approached a studio and you were like hey this is us we're, we're gonna like paper for you and just record the EP no or? we actually are really lucky because Julia our bass player is a sound engineer and works oh. for Richie at Free Energy Device oh okay so that was the way in and it was like oh hey like mm-hmm. come along to my workplace and we can record our album our EP yeah and then it just got picked up yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. That's really cool. I think it's it's really good when you sign for like a in, little indie record label company mm. as well because I don't want to say like your sound isn't mainstream, but it, it's not. It, it's something different. It is a niche sound, and it's gonna, you know, you mm. get that following. But it's just certain kind of people like it, and those people yeah. are gonna stick with you for a long time. Yeah. But if you like, you said, if, okay, well, I guess Sony own like so many different labels and stuff. Um, but if you've got a guy who's passionate about you. Mm. Not just about making the money. Not that you know, I don't know what Sony's mission is or their game plan, but obviously it's a business, or business have got to succeed financially, you know. Yeah. Um, so for you guys to actually find someone who's passionate about yeah. your music, and he comes to our shows and is always like, ah, there you are, and yeah, he's, he's a really cool guy. Nice. That's really cool. It's good when they actually turn up um, yeah. and support you, yeah. and it isn't just an email once every week or something. You know? We love it. Yeah, tell us about uh, your song, Richard. Uh-huh, Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about the first time she ever slept with a man and she didn't like it. But, sorry, this was your... Who was this? Sorry, sorry this is a, the other lead singer in Good Pash, Maddie. Okay, Maddie, okay, yeah. Um, and it has it features Dobby, who is an amazing Sydney-based rapper. Mm-hmm, nice. Um, yeah. Um, so, what is she, like, she just she slept with this guy and, and lost her virginity and was like hey I really didn't like that but I wrote a song about it well yeah she's gay she's slept with women and her whole life and then one time she's like I want to sleep with a dude okay and then realised that she didn't like it yeah mm-hmm. and Richard is dick 
I want your dick. That's it. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay. <laughs> references. It's one of those real tricky references. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah like a tricky dicky. It's like... <laughs> Hard to pick up on. Right. But no, that, that's kind of cool. And it's, that's why I like talking to these people, to, talking to you guys and, and to an artist about their songwriting because you wouldn't always, you know, from, from seeing that in an EP or an album or, or whatever, like a billboard listing, Richard, you wouldn't necessarily think, okay, that was when someone who was gay, a lesbian, slept with a man and hated it and that's, you know, maybe hearing the song you're, you're going to pick it up from the lyrics. Mm. Um, but just as a title, it was just, I don't know, kind of simple but intriguing. Do you know mm. what I mean? Because you're like, oh, okay, you're like, obviously, like a, I know what you're saying, we're not going to define you, but you know, like quite a, an, indie, like an, an indie alternative sort of punk in, in that camp. I mean, it's, it's not pop music. It is, it's is like it? indie alternative punk, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But if, uh, when people ask me, yeah, like what genre it is, I used to go through that and now I just say like it's rock music. <laughs> <laughs> and so for, I, I guess it depends who you speak to because if you're speaking to, to rock fans or rock musicians, mm. it, you know, like you can name, I don't know how many different genres of rock, you know, it's, it's endless, right? But then anybody who isn't that kind of fan of music, who listens to the top 40, you're like, it's, it's rock music, you wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> do your, like, do your parents? Um, or you know, your family, do they, do they like your music? Do they get yes, it? Yes, they love it. That's um, really cool. My dad actually played, he had a cameo at our Sydney um, single launch show mm. for Richard. He came on stage and played the slide solo in wow. Yacht in Sydney Harbour, which is the song we released before Richard. And then he stayed on for, um, we covered Black Math by the White Stripes. Oh yeah, it's a great and, song. Yeah, we had three guitars doing that song, it sounds really good. Uh, super heavy as well, like the, the guitar in that song is, because um, he has the, was it like the octave pedal? So it sounds like yeah, a guitar, yeah. but he's got like the, 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 the bass notes happening at the same time, so you just have like this wall of sound coming from you guys. Mm. That must have been pretty sick. It was really good. Nice. Me and my dad actually used to be in a band together. Oh, cool. With my brother. <laughs> and okay, family like band. some other friends, yeah. Okay. So he's always like really, um, uh, he's really into what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good. So was it your dad was the one who made you well not made you but encouraged you to to, to start singing and playing the guitar then or Yeah, well I actually used to play piano mainly when I was growing up. Okay. So he was really um he he's mainly a guitar player. He can play a bit of piano but yeah, he's always pushed me musically. He's always been like an inspiration. That's really cool. I, I guess sometimes as well it, it does to have someone like that in your life because you know if you have a fans or parents or friends or whatever sometimes people aren't honest with you I'm like yeah it sounded good mm. yeah that's fine whatever but then if you've got your dad he's like well you know you messed up that a little bit or like this didn't yeah 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 you know. he's always people in my family are really good at like um very good like uh critical reviews of things mm -hmm. so whenever one of my it, my sister comes to like a lot of my shows we live together now and she um always gives me she's always like so and then gives me this very long detailed review of how the night yeah. went and like with lots of good things and a few bad things like the harmonica solo didn't sound that good tonight you know blah blah, blah. and it's always like really you can just trust them to give you the be honest feedback honest, that you need yeah. well you, you do need it because you I, I think you know I'd rather if you're playing like a was it, I don't know what was it like 50, 100 people or something heavy the other night I don't know at the hub I have no idea I don't know but look it was quite a it was a very intimate crowd I guess it's better to get, to get <laughs> the, oh, no 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 we no. like no, yeah. There like, was not. There the was like million people. people that <laughs> no, there was like, there was quite a few actually. Was but it, in the other section, yeah, because like the other side, maybe you guys couldn't see like the other side of a bar. You had like a good, I'd say like 50 people in there. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Cool. But I, I, it was kind of, it was actually quite a funny gig because, like we said, you know, your indie punk alternative, all-girl band, and then it was sort of at this, you know, dr- like drinks and canapes I event. Know. I don't know if I thought that one through. No. I thought it was, I didn't know at first. I was like, have they done this ironically? Like, is this a, like, yeah. Well, yeah, like when we... We, like, we did this gig because it was, they offer us a lot of money and, like, it's the first ever corporate gig we've ever done. Mm. And, yeah, like, we knew it wasn't going to be our style. But when I arrived and saw, like, what we were playing with, it was just, like, what the hell? Yeah. And, like, they turned us down a lot because um, we had to fade away in the background. And it was really <laughs> strange. Yeah, I've never, we've never played to an audience of people who just, like, are doing other things. Yeah, it was really strange. When I heard you guys from the outside, I think I came like in the first couple of songs of your, of your first set or whatever, and um, <laughs> I, d- I expected to see like some kind of pit or people just <laughs> standing <laughs> and getting into it. But instead, it was like a lot of middle-aged people sort of vacantly staring at the distance while sipping wine. And I was like, this yeah. is... It's like, can you hear these guys? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, listen, come on. But yeah. I don't know. Some people don't get it, and, and if that's not the people you're targeting, I'm, I'm guessing. Not the people we're targeting. Right, so your, your, your listeners, your target audience isn't going to be, I mean, maybe there's some, but you know, like middle aged. Yeah. <laughs> Just people in um, sweater vests. Exactly. Usually right. at the shows. But it was fine. Like, it, was, it ended up being like a really fun night. We never played for that long either. How long would you, was your set in total? We played two like 45, 50 minute sets. So. Mm-hmm. It's quite um, hard, isn't it? But you, did you have to learn some, some new material? We learned some covers. Okay. So because so what we, we were playing after a um, screening of the film Her Smell, which is about, as far as I know, like women in punk music. So that's okay. why they got a punk band. Oh, uh, okay, right. So it's quite fitting. Women. Yeah. yeah. Um, what were we saying? I've lost my train of thought. Um, so, the, so, so playing at the gig, like corporate event yeah. kind of style. Uh, um, that yeah, so I was kind of I'm impressed by the fact that they actually went out and got a real band instead yeah. of like they could have hired like just a covers band mm. who are used to doing these kinds of things like weddings and functions and stuff. So let's say the majority of your audience haven't heard all of your original songs. Like mm. if you you know hit a bum note or mess it up or or whatever. It doesn't matter too much because it's your music and I think yeah. the style of the music is, you know, there's kind of room for like improvisation and um, like, you know, like the White Stripes, like they were, they were not the cleanest band ever. Like, you know, like Meg White got, she got a ton of criticism from so many yeah, drummers. Yeah, people think she's a bad drummer, hey. What do you think <laughs> as a drummer? Like, honestly, I, I, I get why people don't like her because she's not a super technical, not a polished drummer. But then the White Stripes aren't that. They're a garage rock band. Yeah. It's, a, it's a guy with a plastic guitar screaming on some bits. Um, and, and it's a drummer who is matching that. Like, mm. it's, it's not like, you know, if you put the most technical, progressive rock drummer in the White Stripes, it, it, that's some, it's something completely different. That is not the White Stripes. The combination of Jack and Meg make the White Stripes. That is their sound. I think she works perfectly for them. Yeah, in context, it sounds completely fine. Yeah. Better. Better than fine. It, it's really weird when you hear him, and I love his band now, like I said, but you, like he has, um, uh, you know, like the piano players. Um, is this the Raconteurs or the Saboteurs or whatever? No, it was, yeah, so Raconteurs was like another band that he did, but his, his own solo stuff, so he takes out, I'm not sure if he does it as much anymore, on one of his tours he took out an all-female band, 
uh, and then an all-male band, and they would switch. So the first set will be the female band, the second set will be the male band. Um, Why? Um, just he said it was to keep himself on his toes because he would do the song slightly different with, with each band. So why, why, why was the gender the bit that changed the way? I don't know. That's, that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it makes me think, because people, yeah, people really differentiate between girl bands and regular bands, so I'm interested. I just want to know what the... No, I, yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good question, and it's kind of, it's a good little segue into what I wanted to talk about next, which is really kind of... Um, you know, you know, gender roles in music and, and what they mean, and that's why I think it is important to say, like, why are you doing an all girl band and why an all male band? What What's the difference? Like, you know, yeah. Um, what are your opinions on that? Do you think that's? I get really kind of annoyed about this because the way I remember it, Maddie kind of doesn't remember it like this, but for me, when we were putting together our band, it was never so we could be an all band, all girl band. Like the first drummer we were talking to was a man. Mm -hmm. okay. um, it happened like by chance and um, yeah people bring it up a lot they talk about the girl band aspect um, you know people just go like yeah I love a girl band like you know they're very encouraging and stuff but I don't I don't like being differentiated like that you don't like being called a girl band because we're just a band and I don't think like mm -hmm. our music is particularly feminine not that that's a thing because like you know uh anyway but we actually this is interesting because we actually just got a keyboard player and he's a man oh okay cool so you're not so we're not actually an all-girl band and people some people did not like that we got a male keyboard player really and in my my reasoning is it's more of a statement to not be constantly thinking about gender roles in music and like mm. having enough filling the quota and like well filling the quota is important like obviously but um as in it's not important for me to get a female keyboard player mm -hmm. and i think that having you know one dude in the band is more of a statement than having an all-girl band because it especially because it happened by chance okay and um it occurred to me the other day actually that like you see a lot of bands which are all men and then there's a female keyboard player yeah. And I think it's kind of funny that we've subverted it. Yeah. <laughs> like the one man in our band is not the drummer or the guitarist, it's the keyboard player. It's the keyboard player, player, right. Which people see as like women's role in rock bands and stuff like that. No, that's a, that's a pretty interesting take on it actually. And it, it, it's funny how you've, you've tried to go away from this all girl band. And I guess people do associate it. And they're like, yeah, girl rock, we love that. Yeah, they but you're like, no, but no, we're like, we, we're not doing that because that's not who we... <laughs> but like, and you were saying about... Uh, kind of music and like feminized music but on a record you're gonna hear and if you you know you said you listen to you guys sing it's it's clearly female singing yeah yeah, yeah. um but I, I i can't tell if it's no one can tell if it's a, a girl drummer a male drummer or, you know whatever it, or yeah. anything in between that and i don't think it should matter you know i think when people think of, of um when people hear that there's women in a band playing like punk music or rock music their mind immediately goes to like the riot girl movement and um you know music like cherry bomb like the song cherry bomb and yeah like, right stuff and like when females female punk bands would sing about like fe feminine issues mm -hmm. and it was all very the whole thing was very female okay. and which was really important at the time like Mm -hmm. But now, you know, I would like to start just being a band 
that is full of women. And not being seen just because. Yeah. You and we're not singing about like, you know, tampons and shit. Like, <laughs> we're not doing like a punk song about, you know, like a keep cup, you know? Right. It's just about whatever. <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, that's fair. No, I get your point, and it, it is interesting that you kind of get stereotyped still as a band, even in 2019 when. Mm. You know, like 2019 gender's dead there's no such thing as gender anymore but still in the music industry you're getting billed as this all girl punk band which mm. well you can't anymore you can't do that because you, you've got a male keyboard player yeah <laughs> um, whether fans like it or not it's yeah. funny but you got backlash from it as well I know even my dad was like oh, I don't know I don't like it like it, you know you guys all look so good together, like four girls, and now there's just like this one guy, and it's just like like stood on the side. Oh hey, like I guess well. I don't know. I guess like you know, I think um, we've been pretty lucky and pretty like you know successful, and a part of that is to do with people really like the all girl aesthetic, mm. which I acknowledge, and it's you know done good things for us. Um, so I think people don't yeah they don't like it now that it's not an all girl band. I mean, how, how did your keyboard player take it? Did he know that people? Didn't like him, but um, <laughs> you're smiling though, just like oh. I think I, I told him about my dad because well, so my dad said that before he saw us play, and then he saw us all playing. He's like, I don't care, but the keyboard sounds great. You mm-hmm. can have whatever you want. Um. Right, it's about the music. It, it doesn't matter who yeah. he's playing it. Um, yeah. So what are your what are your plans for the future? Where's the band gonna go next? I mean, you've got your you got your new keyboard player. Uh huh. Um, you got your EP coming out soon. Yep. Um, we're gonna go on another tour two of the EP. I really want to go play in Brisbane. Okay. And Byron Bay. Like, I want to play in, you know, my old local. Okay. And, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I mean, obviously, like, just before we start recording, we were talking about kind of different places in Australia and that, so, so you were born in Byron Bay and you grew up in no, that No, I was or? born in Canberra. Okay, cool. Then, yeah, grew up in and around Byron Bay. I okay. lived in Lismore for a bit. Yeah. Where, where is Lismore? Is that? It's about... 40 minutes, 45 minutes from Byron. Okay, so it's still, it's still east coast of Australia. It's still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's so vast. Yeah. Even going between cities, um, like I, I remember doing the journey from the Great Ocean Road from Adelaide to Melbourne. I was like, wow, is it like an eight, nine hour drive? Like you've, you've scaled most of England in that time. <laughs> yeah, it's very big. I don't know what it's like to live in a tiny country, you know? It, I didn't really think about it until sort of, um, until I could appreciate just how big Australia is. Mm. Um, but are you, are you guys going to be touring internationally, do you think? Or? We're not really making moves on that front yet, but okay. I really want to. Mm. That's the dream. In the next like couple of years, that would be amazing. Come and do it, yeah. I mean, like, you, you know, just come to England and set you up with some contacts. <laughs> yeah. Do a little UK tour. It's locked in. <laughs> yeah, it's locked in, we'll do it. <laughs> um, but it's good that obviously it's moving forward and mm. obviously trying to balance it with, um, with the rest of life. But you're... Uh, like at Maddie, she's like she's gone away for a little bit, right? Yeah, she's or... just on a holiday. She's in the US at the moment. Okay, cool. So, so the next couple months are pretty quiet for us. We've just released another single, so. Okay, so that's keeping the fans ticking over for now. Yeah, we released that single like the day she left, and now that's we're really gonna cool. chill for a bit. And, yeah. Okay, nice. We were doing a lot of shows there for a while. Mm-hmm. It was very tiring. Yeah. I love playing shows, and I never thought I'd get sick of them. And I'm not sick of the shows. I'm just sick of the like. Uh, I don't know, just that lifestyle. There's a lot yeah. of drinking, there's a lot of like traveling, <laughs> there's a lot of um, posting on social media. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's more exhausting than anything because even if you're scheduling your posts or you, it's always like you've got to create content for it and you've got to yeah. promote it, you know when to post it and you, oh, how many likes have these got? Okay, I've got to respond to that I'm comment. Checking likes, I became, I, I was checking likes and it's like, oh, well, I've got so much better things to do. Yeah. And like I kept, people in the band kept like filming me on the Instagram story and by the end I was like, I don't want to fucking see my face on the Instagram story ever again. I don't want to post another Instagram story ever again. Like. I haven't posted an Instagram story on the band thing like for so long. <laughs> yet there's just like all the little the dots. Well, like, you can say it, yeah. And I'm like, I don't even want to see this. Like, there was a picture of me sleeping posted up. And like, okay. oh, I hate this. Yeah, you gotta. I hate this. That's I hate so this. Funny. I hate this. But yeah, it's fine. Like, you just get to a point where you're a bit sick of all that, all that shit that comes with playing a lot of shows. No, it's starting to wrap up a little bit here now, but um. The, the lifestyle that you mentioned, like, you know, the drinking and, and the partying, do you mm. feel that there's. Um, I want to say kind of like an industry pressure to do that because if you're if you finish a show and then like you know you want to drink with um, you have a band and you know because you, you need to make those contacts with people do you find that that's something that you're not so much forced into but yeah. uh, I don't feel it more as like as an industry thing but I feel it as like an etiquette thing okay I feel like it it's a little rude to just play your set and leave mm. it's very it's you know it's not that rude like I get it I would never feel offended if I saw like a band leaving our show before we played or whatever. Oh, I hate it. That is my you thing. You do get offended. I hate it's it's. Oh. If people, you know, like especially if you if you're on the same bill as a band, like if you're headlining the show, and the band before, like if they've got to go, like maybe they're from another city and mm. they got to hit the road that night and get back in the band and and, and go. I get it. Um, but when people are just like, oh yeah, we're gonna stay and watch your set, and then they just go. You know, I think it's kind of rude because. Well, yeah, I feel I feel rude when I do it. I don't really do it. I mean, unless so, I need to, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Like sometimes you have to do. It. You've got to go for whatever reason. Um, but like sometimes when the band's gone and then the other band's go outside smoking, I'm like, come on, guys! Like we're all doing music here. We're all. <clears throat> Those shows where everyone watches each other, it's a really nice feeling, and yeah, it's good for everyone in the same boat as each other to just be supporting one another. Absolutely, and when, and when you get to know the same bands, or like you get on the circuit and your and your mates, and then like you know sometimes one will just jump up on stage and like play bass on one of your songs or something, and it's like oh yeah, this feels really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but it, it's yeah, I think it's just kind of rude, like you said. It it is etiquette. We're all we're all in the same situation, so you know you finish a gig and you, you want to go have a beer or just just support people and be like hey man, good set, like mm, you know, whatever. I mean, totally. If you hate the music, you don't have to say good set. It's like a you have to say something. Hey man, you looked great up there tonight. <laughs> yeah. I love your hair. Your hair's looking amazing. You seem like a really nice person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's for one, isn't it? It's like a list of ones. It's like when, uh, um, you know, say like with, with a tour bus or something, and it's like, oh, um, if you can't spot the asshole, you're the asshole. If you don't,